Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Well, last week we started our Christmas study here on the perfect timing of the Lord. We looked at Galatians 4, 4 through 6, and the Bible says, what a powerful passage. That in the fullness of the times, God sent forth his son. Not just any time, but in the fullness at just the right time, God sent forth his son. Born of a woman, legally entering the earth, born under the law. That is, that he had to perfectly live up to the perfect and holy law of God which none of us could ever or did ever live up to in order that we might receive redemption from the curse of the law. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We looked at that last time, the perfect timing of the Lord. Our God is a God of timing. Did you know that? Ecclesiastes 3, 1 and 2 says, To everything there is a season. Not an event, a season, and a time for every purpose under heaven. The Word of God says there in that same chapter in verse 12, He makes all things beautiful in His time. His time. How powerful it is to seek His timing. I said last week, that when we get out of the timing of the Lord, God is still at work. He's sovereign and almighty. But when we, through our own disobedience, get out of the timing of the Lord, we can cause delay. We can bring about pain and hurt to ourselves and others when we get out of the timing of the Lord. Doesn't mean God's through with us. Thank you, Lord, for grace. I said, thank you, Lord, for grace. Thank you for the patient love of God. Thank you that even my sin doesn't eternally stop the purposes of Almighty God. Amen. But the timing of the Lord is very important. We talked about how to get in the timing of God, we have to seek, diligently seek the Lord through prayer and worship, praise, coming together with those of like mind. We have to search our own heart and be honest about what the Holy Spirit tells us is impeding God's perfect timing in our life. Where we've run ahead or lagging behind, we, we need to make certain that we deal with our own internal atmosphere so that the Holy Spirit shows us what it is in our own heart that we need to deal with. And then we talked about not just seek and search, but to submit. That is to submit to the voice of God. And many times the Lord reveals and releases his voice through those with skin on. Yeah. So many, many, many times the Lord speaks to us 
through a vessel that has skin on, a human vessel. Sometimes he uses called out men and women in the, what we call the fivefold gifting of uh, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, uh, apostles. Many times he speaks to us through people who don't even know what they've said, and yet God takes something somebody says just in the course of a regular mundane day and uses it to either bring affirmation or restraint to us about something that we're seeking the mind of the Lord about. The timing of God. I shared with you last time I would have gotten out of the timing of God on many occasions had it not been for God speaking to me through someone to whom I was in spiritual submission. But today I want us to talk about the enemies of God's perfect timing. And I want us to look at the Christmas narrative here in Holy Scripture in Matthew chapter 1. And usually we focus on uh, Mary and the, the appearance of the angel in her assignment. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But today I want us to take a look at Joseph. He's not talked about very much. He was pretty remote as far as Jewish history is concerned. And he, was, he had a trade. He had a trade, and that trade was he was a carpenter by trade. He made things with his hands. Verse 18 says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his, after his mother, Jesus' mother Mary, was betrothed. The word betrothal, uh, is a, a very important word. Engagement in our culture doesn't even begin to remotely tell you how important it was because a betrothal was many times the agreement of two families of the two parties who were to be married. There were dowries. There were all kinds of things that went on in a betrothal. In fact, if someone was found to be unfaithful to their betrothal, they had to go to a tribunal and get a legal divorce before they were actually married. A betrothal was a, it was just as binding as marriage in that culture. So when you read betrothed to Joseph, don't just flippantly say, well, you know, okay, uh, just a, another failed engagement, maybe. No. Listen to this. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, that is, before they were sexually intimate, before there was a consummation of their marriage, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Now put yourself in Joseph's place here. The fact that Mary was pregnant, that fact was discovered before the encounter that Joseph was about to have with the Lord. So here was all this commitment on her part and his part. So how do you handle that? Verse 19 tells us something about Joseph. Verse 19, 
Then Joseph, her husband, <laughs> being a just man, a righteous, upright man, that is somebody who did the right thing, and not wanting to make her a public example. Remember what I told you. If somebody was found to have been outside the bonds uh, sexually in a betrothal agreement, they would be brought before the Jewish leadership and uh, there would be, have to be a divorce granted. If you go all the way back to the book of Leviticus, you will see how important the inner circle of Jewish culture thought about that because they would be stoned to death. Now, that's not the grace of the Lord. And that is, you remember, when Jesus was confronted or when he confronted a woman who had been uh, sexually uh, with many, many partners and was actually even living with a man who was not her husband, uh, and all the Jews had said, by law, she needs to be stoned to death. What did Jesus do? The Bible says when they were making all these accusations that Jesus actually stooped down and start, took his finger and started drawing on the ground. And then from a position on the ground drawing, he simply said to them, he who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. Aren't you glad you don't live under the law but under grace? I said, aren't you glad you don't live under the law but under grace? Hallelujah. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your love and mercy and grace. Well, Joseph had a dilemma here. Not wanting to make her a public example he was minded, it was on his mind, to put her away secretly. Now, what does that mean? It means to take her out of the public eye, to get her out of, I mean, if you're pregnant, it's going to start showing up sooner or later, right? So Joseph began in his own mind to reason what he should do. Can I tell you something? Sometimes your desire to fix it real fast is the worst mistake you can make. It gets you out of the timing of the Lord. Let that sink in just a minute. So Joseph said, I got to do something. So we're talking about the enemies of God's perfect timing. It's our own reasoning sometime that says, oh my, are you ready to fill this one in? I need to. You can get out of the timing of the Lord by beginning to get consumed with, I need to. I got to do something about this. I got to fix this. Sometimes we get out of the timing of the Lord and our motives are right. Joseph just wanted to protect Mary. But I'll bet somewhere in the depth of his soul it could have been that he also wanted to protect himself from Mary embarrassing him. 
Sometimes we want things to get fixed or we want others to get fixed because of the discomfort it's causing us. Sometimes the timing of the Lord, we can miss it because we perceive in our minds that others expect us to do certain things, to fix things, to protect things, to get on with it. How many of you know that one of the biggest enemies to the timing of the Lord is a perception of what others, what we think others are thinking about how we are handling a certain situation. Right? The pressure, whether it's real or imagined, where we think other people are expecting that we should do something about this. And boy, this was a predicament. I mean, a major predicament. Well, what do you, what would others what, what are others thinking that I should be doing about this? Can I tell you, when, when you get in a place of great pain, when you get in a place of enormous pressure, a great place of disappointment, sometimes the biggest enemy you have is the imagination that others are thinking I should be doing. I should be going here. I should be going there. I should be serving here. I should be serving there. And that pressure becomes great. And so sometimes we just step out and do things on the basis of what we think we ought to do or what we think others think we ought to do. And that gets us out of the perfect timing of the Lord. That gets us out of the perfect timing of the Lord, our perception and our own reasonings. What we need to do is when pressurized circumstances and situations come our way, what we need to do is go before the Lord in a concerted way and say, God, I want to hear from you. You know what you'll hear sometimes when you're under all that pressure? Sometimes what you'll hear from the Lord is, Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Sometimes the Lord will say to you, I got this. Boy, is that ever hard to believe and receive sometimes, isn't it? Because of the pressure we think that we got to respond to. Ask yourself this question. Where is the deadline that I'm feeling to do something, to go somewhere, to make a change, ask yourself this question, where is that pressure coming from? Is it coming from my own thought that people expect me to do something? Is, am I just reasoning, well, I should be here, I should be doing that? That will get you out of the perfect timing of the Lord. Go before the Lord and say, God, I am yours. I mean, if, I, if you're not capable of speaking to me in a way that I can understand, I don't have any business trusting you. He, he, he can understand that. He can understand that. But I'm going to seek you first because I know that if I act prematurely, I can get out of your perfect timing and I can make a mess. And Joseph was trying to reason about what he should do about this. Verse 20 says, but while he thought about these things, it's okay to think about them. It's okay to make plans. The plans of, the, the plans of a man 
are in his heart, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he will bring it to pass. He. Verse 20, while he thought about these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying. Notice he was still contemplating what should be done. He wasn't going out there getting in a frenzy of activity. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for, here's why, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you some of the things that God would say to us today when we wait on Him and His timing is, don't be moved by what you see. Don't be moved by what you hear. Don't be moved by what you feel. The Holy Spirit is at work in this circumstance and situation way beyond what you can see and hear and feel. Hallelujah. 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 The angel goes on to say to Joseph, she'll bring forth a son. You shall call his name Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. His name shall be called Emmanuel. God with us. And I love verse 24. Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. See, once the Lord gives you instructions on what to do next, you just do it. God will give you the ability. And he took to him Mary, his wife, and he did not know her. That is, that means he did not sexually intimately know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. Hallelujah. Hear the voice of the Lord. Listen. Well, what about Mary? Okay, let's go to Luke 1. I want to show you this real quick. Luke 1. When the angel had appeared to her and told her that she was favored and, and highly favored of the Lord and that she was chosen by God to bear, to conceive in her womb, and to be the mother of the Most High, the mighty king. Mary said, verse 34, Mary said to the angel, how can this be? You see, men and women are wired differently, aren't they? Oh, y'all hadn't even noticed that, no. Funny how people don't get that, right, Otis? Joseph said, what? I'm a producer. I got to get something done. And Mary, his question was what, and Mary's was how. How? How can this be? Since that I do not know a man. I have not had sexual relations with a man. And the angel answered and said to her, here's the answer, the Holy Spirit. <laughs> are you getting a theme here? How, what, what are you doing? The Holy Spirit is going to do it. 
How are you going to do it? The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. That Holy, that Holy One who is to be born of you will be called the Son of God. Hallelujah. It's the Holy Spirit. If you don't get anything else out of today's teaching, understand this. If you don't listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, you'll get out of the timing of the Lord. If you do listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, and sometimes, as we said last week, sometimes He speaks through impressions. Sometimes He speaks through other people. Sometimes He speaks directly out of His written Word. He is not limited in how He can speak. But if we get outside of trusting and depending on Him and believing that He is at work, then we're going, to, um, we're going to get outside the perfect timing of the Lord. I love Philippians 2.13. It is God who is at work in you to will, give you the want to, and to do the ability to perform of His good pleasure. It is God who is at work in you. Look, if we will just stop and commit ourselves, our body, to the temple of the Holy Spirit, as the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we will say, Lord, I believe even the hairs of my head are all numbered. Of course you're involved in my day. Of course you're involved in these decisions. Of course you're involved. And it's, look, you want to see somebody come to you more than I do. God is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. I know that is your heart. And I believe and trust that you are at work in me, both to will and to do of your good pleasure. Recognize that. Celebrate that. That the Lord is at work in you. In you. To do of his good pleasure. We hadn't seen a thimbleful of what God can do at work in us if we will submit to that. I should have noticed something else here in this Luke 1 passage that's powerful. God used a confirming voice for Mary and, and her dilemma. I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't you be a little uncomfortable if you had an appearance, a very, a, a, a very perfect, you, you knew perfectly well it was an angel of the Lord telling you that you had been chosen out of the favor of God to bear the Son of God. And here you were, betrothed to a man what in the world? How's he going to understand? Oh my, uh, how, what am I going to do about my family and all my friends? How am I ever going to live with that? Besides that, I wonder if this was really real. How many of you know sometimes you can have such an incredible experience with God, but the devil will start planting seeds of doubt in your mind when you walk away from that visit with the Lord? Bible says he comes immediately to steal the word. But in God's great goodness, I want you to see what he did in verse 38. Then Mary said, Behold, I am your maidservant. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. But notice before that happened, he gave her a confirming word. I, I, I believe somebody today is really listening and wanting to know what the Lord is saying and the, confer the confirming word of God. 
God send whoever it is that's seeking a confirmation of this decision about your timing. Send them confirmation by your spirit, whether you choose to use it in the middle of the night through an angelic word, through the word of God, or through a human instrument. Give them confirmation. What a powerful thing. The confirming voice of God coming through another. Don't be afraid to seek those that you trust who have a heart and a walk with God. Notice Mary was told by the angel Elizabeth, your relative, has conceived in her old age. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us exactly how old Elizabeth was, but the Scriptures say she was in a place of old age. Whatever it means, it means way out of the normal range of years for childbearing. And not only that, but the angel said, she's six, she's six months alone. <laughs> Mary arose in those days, verse 39, and went into the hill country with haste. Listen to what the Lord says and be hasty to do the next right step. That's all she knew, the next right step. She entered the house of Zacharias, Elizabeth's husband, and greeted Elizabeth, 41. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe, you, you do know that Elizabeth's baby was John the Baptist. The babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke out with a loud voice. Sometimes when somebody's filled with the Spirit, they speak with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Why has this been granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Hallelujah. Don't be so proud just because you're older. Don't be so proud when God chooses to use somebody younger. You ought to rejoice and celebrate. Hallelujah. Man, I'm excited about the young people. Some of them I'm looking at right now whom God is raising up that will long come after me. Hallelujah. Verse 30, 45, Elizabeth said to Mary, Blessed is she who believed. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Listen to me, God's daughters and sons. Whatever God has told you, there will be a fulfillment as long as you continue to believe God. Woo, I got chill bumps on me today, Wayne. There will be a fulfillment of what God has said. Hallelujah. There will be a fulfillment of what God has said. Mary broke out into a song of praise. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. Hallelujah. Don't neglect, when you're in a time of seeking the Lord in His timing, don't neglect 
to seek the Lord as to, Lord, where is the confirming voice of what I believe you've said? Where is the confirming voice? And be careful about who that is. What is the confirming voice? We don't need to just choose somebody who will tell somebody whatever we think, you know, what they think we're going to want to hear. But a confirming voice, a voice of maturity, a voice that is experienced in hearing the voice of God. And if they don't have anything, they will be honest and say, let me pray with you about that and stand with you for the Lord to confirm that which you believe he's saying. Everybody that has skin on misses it sometimes. Oh, yes. Everybody with skin on misses the voice of the Lord sometimes. But can I tell you something? I don't believe for one second that the Lord is upset with those who miss it sometimes. I think what grieves the Lord most is those who never seek to hear what he's saying. Are you going to join me today with a passion to hear the voice of the Spirit of God? It's the only voice that really matters. Let's seek the voice of the Spirit of God. We belong to him. All of our life, our days, our times are in his hands. Let's, he knows that. Let's make sure that we know that and we express that to him and submit to his voice, his timing. And don't be willing to say, you know, I may have gone a little too quickly on that one. <laughs> I may have jumped a little too fast. And what I'm going to do, listen. If you will humble yourself, God will promote you and exalt you. Don't be afraid to say, I might have missed it right there. You you hear what I'm saying? God is attracted to us when we humble ourselves and admit our need. And I want to tell you, sometimes when you will humble yourself, you will see God do a work in others that you've been wanting Him to do a long time after you humble yourself. Amen. Are you married? Did you form a covenant before you and the Lord with your spouse? Don't just automatically assume that you're going to do something that is significant and don't automatically assume that you've heard the timing of the Lord when your spouse is not in agreement. Give the Lord time and opportunity to speak to them as well. You're not a dictator. You're under submission to the Lord. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, aren't you glad that you sit in a place where there's some practical stuff going on? (laughs) The voice of experience. Timing of the Lord. 
the consummate timing of the Lord was the birth of his son into this dark world. And he still shines brighter than ever, the light of the world. The gift of God takes away the sin of the world. Thank you, Lord. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. We're going to have a very special time next week. Celebration of the Lord's coming, Christmas, our praise team, they're just the best. This is a rare deal, and when she comes up, I submit to her voice. <laughs> I feel like a lot of times this time of year is hard for a lot of us who have lost, you hold it, <laughs> lost loved ones. It's very hard for me, very hard for Sharon, very hard for a lot of people that I know. And sometimes we might feel like that footprint of that person that we've lost is fading. It hadn't. It's not fading. It's still there. We got <laughs> a letter. Brian, by the way, will be 37 Wednesday. Uh, we got a letter from a young man that we hadn't heard from since Brian passed. And I want to read it to you. It's a confirmation that he's still here. Bryant is still here. His footprints are all over this ministry. It's all over him. It's all over me. He said, Dear Mr. and Ms. Franklin, I hope you're both well. It's been far too long since we've spoken. I apologize for not reaching out sooner. It's been weighing on my heart lately just to simply let you know that I think of you and Bryant quite often. Your son meant a lot to me and his memory still looms large among not only me but all of our tight-knit friend group from that time. And he mentions the name of a friend and he said we are both still very close and we speak off of Brian often and in the way that only young men that lose a friend too soon can. Your son was the most kindest, sweetest, bravest, and most generous person I think I've ever met. And it felt unfair not to share these sentiments with you that I still regularly feel almost 20 years later. I regret that at 18 we were so ill-equipped to deal with the loss of Bryant and I hope he knew how important he was to so many. I am now the father now the father of a son I'm sorry oh goodness okay. I 
regret that at 18 we were so ill-equipped to deal with the loss of Brian. And I know he knew, I hope he knew how important he was to so many. I am now the father of a little boy, and I'm sure that is particular, partially the reason I am able to process some of these feelings. You raise an incredible young man, and I hope to do the same. Partially thanks to the lessons your Brian taught me in the face of a truly unfair adversity. He gave his son's name, and he will be three years old in December. One day, I will tell him about my friend, Bryant, that encouraged me more than you know, because it had been 18 years since Bryant had passed and since I had heard from this young man. So don't give up hope. The ones you love that have gone on to glory are still remembered and they will be. This young man helps keep Brian alive, as Steve and I have done for 18 years. And we look forward to the day we get to see him again. I love y'all. I love you. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Let's all stand, please. told you if she ever wanted to have a microphone, it'll be profound. We love you so very much. What a great word. This day's not wasted. And I want to say in, conclosing, uh, in conclusion, those of you who are waiting on the Lord for something, your waiting is not wasted. It's part of the process. God is preparing something greater than what you think. I will give you thanks and praise, Lord. Next Sunday will be our uh, last Sunday uh, until after the first of the year. We will not meet on Christmas weekend nor New Year's weekend. So I hope you'll be make every effort to be here next time, a very special time together as we celebrate the birth of our Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you. For all our many gifts, most of all, we give you praise for the gift, the gift of your lovely, perfect, holy, loving, righteous, patient, and loving Son, Jesus. We praise Him and honor Him today with all the glory that our lips can give. We praise You. God, give us a, a more sensitive heart concerning Your timing. Give us the ability to admit that maybe we stepped out of that timing a bit, but thank You for Your grace and allowing us to just get back in submit our hearts to your direction and your timing. Hallelujah. We love you today, Lord. We bless you and praise you. In the mighty name of your Son, Jesus. Go with God. He's going with you. We'll see you next week.
You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.